Welcome to the Mothers You Know podcast. Thank you for being here. This is a place where we as women remember the spirit God gave us. We know how much we matter and we believe all things are possible to them that believe on this Savior Jesus Christ. Here at Mothers You Know, we support the parents of young men in the Sons of Healman and young women in the Daughters of Light programs at Life Changing Services. These programs provide therapeutic and mentoring services for youth struggling with depression, anxiety, self-harm, pornography, and any other unwanted or difficult behaviors. We offer parent support, training, and resources for mothers and fathers seeking the best way to support their loved one. Any mother is welcome to join in the Mothers Who Know classes support and training. You do not need to have a child in life-changing services to join in. We hope you'll join us. I am Karen Broadhead. I serve as the director of Mothers You Know, and I serve as the parent support specialist at life-changing services. I invite you to join with me and other mothers from across the country in our Warrior Mothers Who Know online support and training group. If you have a child struggling with pornography, depression, anxiety, or other difficult behaviors, you will find a safe and uplifting place to learn from other moms and learn principles and strategies to best support your loved one. Please go to motherswhoknow.org to find the online meeting details. We talk about difficult things here with the intent to shine light in dark corners and to eliminate isolation and shame. We are mothers with warrior hearts who are raising the warriors of this generation. We know we must learn to fight well for ourselves first, then we can confidently support and cheer on our loved ones in the best ways. Hi to everybody that's listening. We are having a follow-up with Chris Bynan because we love what he was able to share with us about his double funnel theory. And he was so generous in just being with us where we were at and letting us ask questions that we wanted to hear more about his double funnel theory because it was like, wow, that would be important for us to know and also understand deeply enough so that we could teach it or describe it to people because it was so valuable. But now that we are here, we started talking about some other things and I just thought, well, let's just hurry and start this recording because we were just talking about connection. And so, yeah, I'm going to turn it to you, Chris. Well, I would like you to share what you just said about your friend, because that sets the stage perfectly for what, you know, I, I want to talk about with the okay. theory, because yeah. you said it better than I could. And it was 100% something I believe. Okay. So it's the Monday after the weekend of our first Mothers Who Know retreat, our in-person retreat that we've ever had. Like, And there were about 60 women gathered. And one of our speakers was one of my favorite gals, Kim Davis. She's a behavioral specialist for the Daughters of Light program. And she was had a presentation titled, It's All About Connection. And she was talking about how not only are we designed to, you know, just how God designed us, how Heavenly Father designed us. One thing he designed us for was for healing, that we are designed to heal, that our bodies are testimonies of that 
truth that just watching our bodies when they get hurt or broken physically, they know how to heal themselves. And so it makes sense that we would also know how to heal on the inside of us, like in our brain and in our heart where our spirit is. And so then just like God designed us to heal, he also designed us to connect and that it's part of our DNA. It's part of who we are as Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother's children is to be able to, is to yearn for connection, to have, to grow and to thrive in life if we're connecting. And so, yeah, to be, to belong and to be part of a group and to be seen and to see other people and, and just connect with them. And so anyway, what stood out to me quite profoundly was that consider how motivated the adversary would be to thwart our effort to connect, to do anything he could to throw up something that looks appealing, like it's connection, like pornography, counterfeit connection for people. Often social media could be a counterfeit connection to people. Yeah. The fact that we talk with our thumbs instead of our mouth is, uh, you know, it's kind of decreases connection. So anyway, it was just this, boy, would he ever be motivated to think of all the ways that he could just diminish that God-given gift of connection that we were born to thrive in so that he could isolate us, but make us feel like we are connecting, but we're really not. Right. Well, and you think about what COVID did with connections and, and with the young men that I work with, you know, having to go to virtual group, it, it, it was different. I mean, my boys in the group thrive on being able to come and connect because a lot of them don't have a lot of other connections and some do, and that's might not be as necessary, but, but for a lot of them, it's like, they're really their main source of connection. When I was doing virtual groups, I was still trying to figure out how can we promote some connection? So I would create a most valuable player of the week in the group. And as a group, sometimes you can earn pizza, right? But we couldn't really do that as a virtual group. But if someone was like most improved or did something extra special, I'd say, okay, you won the pizza this week. And so then we would, and I would have the pizza delivered to their home. And then they would, they'd say, oh, my pizza's here. They'd go to the door, get the pizza, bring the pizza in, show the rest of the group. And then they'd eat the pizza in front of the rest of the group. But it made it a little more like, we're still real people here. We're still kind of trying to connect. Now. That ties in uh, perfectly with what we're started to kind of talk about with double funnel theory. Mm -hmm. So if you want to, we can jump into that now. Yeah. Can I just say one thing that came out? Yeah. It was actually a mom that raised her hand while Kim was talking and she said, so are you saying that the reason my son is looking at pornography is because he's looking for connection? And so Kim said, yes, like that, that's a big reason why we would go to that counterfeit is because we're, you know, not just curious, but yearning for connection. And 
that were often lonely. And so it was this huge wave of, I don't know, over the years I've thought, if I were that woman and I were new, just discovering and trying to figure out the fallout at our house and how to fix all of it. And then someone said that, and I was, my first wave of mother shame would sound like this. If I would have been a better connector with that boy, he would not be looking at pornography. Or it would sound like this. If I had taught him to connect better, then he wouldn't want that counterfeit connection. Like if we, everything that bred our child to the place we didn't want them to be was something we missed or didn't do or aren't good at. And so anyway, I raised my hand and said, okay, let's just call that out loud. Cause that's what a lot of us will be thinking right now. Um, yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to say that out loud right there. Jimmy. Oh, that, that's great. That's a really, really good point. Plus, you know, these young men are going through different developmental stages. Right. Navigating a lot of this stuff for the first time. They know kind of what they want, but they don't know how to get there. And, and it's very understandable why they would stumble into that. One of the things I had said is in, in my belief, the greatest gift God can give to his children, it would be the gift of true intimacy. And, and we know, you know, we believe that for everything that's great, there's an opposite and that the opposite is equal in, you know, as bad as this is good. And, and so you think about opposites. So as I talk about this, we want to maybe identify a lot of opposites. So when you enter into a relationship that's, you know, with not just with your friend, but with, you know, if the young man meets a, a young lady that he's interested in, you know, I tell him that when you enter into that relationship, you've now, you are now sitting on a roller coaster because there will be ups and downs. Okay. So relationships are great. Sometimes that's why we say it's kind of tougher to navigate a relationship when you're 13 or 14. You know, you're not ready for those ups and downs because you're entering into a world that is like a ride you've never, never been on. And uh, yeah, the, it can be exhilarating and also be really discouraging and, and a lot of insecurities and you know, a lot of feelings and emotions. So, so it's nice to know that when you enter in a relationship, you're also jumping into this double funnel theory, you know, with both feet. And so if you picture two funnels or like whirlpools and you got to label one of them affection and one of them commitment, you're jumping into both of those when you enter into uh, any relationship. Now the nature of a funnel is there's downward pressure. So it's, you know, you can think, well, we're just friends, but as feelings, uh, increase and deepen, there's, there's going to be just natural pressure to express a little more affection mm -hmm. and this affection funnel. And you could, you can think of it as simply, you know, a hug at the end of the day or holding hands or, you know, a very modest kiss. Or it can be an exchange of letters or, or just flowers or whatever. Any type of affection, you know, as you express thoughtfulness, is going to bring you a little closer together. And then 
that's going to put pressure on the other funnels. Cause as one, as you move down one funnel, the other funnel wants to stay level with that other funnel. So if you're moving down an affection funnel, you're putting more and more pressure on the commitment side of the funnel as well. And that's just normal and that's healthy and that's appropriate. And so, you know, it's kind of funny cause you'll see couples that are like, well, we're just going to be, we're just friends. And then, you know, no, they're in a relationship. Yeah. Uh, and so the more you move down the funnel, the more pressure there's going to be on the commitment side. Now, if you look at the bottoms of those funnels, you could say that the bottom of the one funnel of the commitment funnel would be marriage. And the bottom of the other funnel would be, we'd, we'll call that true intimacy. So that's when things just work, work well. Now it's important to note that as you move down these funnels of affection, and commitment with that downward pressure, it's very difficult to move up the funnel. And so often you'll work with couples and it's like, well, we went too far on the affection, but we're not going to do that anymore. Mm. And you're like, oh, good luck. <laughs> because if you're in that, cause you, you've moved to that, you've, you've now moved down to the funnel to that level, whatever that would be that you feel right. like. Like, oh, that was inappropriate. We went a little too far, but we're not going to do that anymore. Well, studies show that that generally doesn't work. You can, you can hold that spot and say, well, we're not going to go past, you know, petting or something. But if you've come to that point in your relationship where that is happening, usually some really big things are going to have to occur because you go right back to that spot in moments of, uh, you know, we can say moments of weakness or whatever you want to put it, but, but it's, it's near impossible. You know, any bishop will tell you like, dang, they just keep slipping to that same spot. Mm -hmm. Well, the easiest solution is if you're really serious about wanting to change that behavior, then we say you need to break up or you really need to drastically change a lot of your personal rules or, you know, situation because it's super easy. And it doesn't matter where that is. I mean, if it's, it's, if it's gone all the way, you know, they're going to be slipping and going all the way, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that's just kind of the rules of the funnels. And that's why it's good to know the rules of the funnels that, you know, I mean, it's called a theory, but boy, it, it's pretty hard to, to see exceptions to this. I mean, there are, you know, some exceptions, but yeah. I haven't seen too many over my last 30 plus years. So also then as commitment increases. There's a natural desire for affection to increase as well. And so that makes a situation where like, if you're a, a Latter-day Saint, right? You can only move down that affection funnel a very short ways before it's going to cross a line of inappropriate with God's commands. And so I kind of call that the Mormon wall. I guess you need to call it the Latter-day Saint wall now, but you know, at this wall, and so you see a lot of LDS couples that they're great and now say they're engaged. Well, you can see if, if you can picture your funnels, you're way down on the commitment funnel. You're engaged intending to be married. It's as if you're even married. You've given your heart and soul to this person, but you're 
affection has to be way up here. Mm. Learned about the double funnel theory, you can see, well, be ready because there's going to be a lot of pressure. It's not a bad thing. It's just the way we're designed. It's, it's a healthy thing, but you got to be wise. You know, we said wise as serpents and harmless as doves, right? You got to be smart. And so what smart couples do is when they're engaged, they even make their standards stronger, right? They, they like, they make the curfew earlier. They're just not going to be alone in certain settings because when there's a tip in those levels, that makes that more and more pressure. I don't know. That kind of makes sense. Yes. And it's like brilliant. It's so brilliant. Like I'm 50. How old am I? I can't remember how old I am. I'm 50. I'm 50. Gosh, I will be, I'll be 56 on Saturday. Wow. Well, congratulations. Happy birthday. Are you telling me your birthday is April 2nd? Yeah. That's my birthday. Chris, are you serious? Yeah. Totally serious. That's amazing. No wonder I like you so much. I knew there was something. Okay. So. Uh, okay. So, well, I just want to say that was a gift you just gave me for my birthday. Cause I'm thinking, I'm thinking of my own behavior as a younger woman, you know, yeah. dating and getting married and, and oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. And my own children watching them, but you know, we just know for the strength of use pamphlet. Right. Right. And we follow what the prophet has set forth, but understanding it like this makes it just so clear of the why, why, why that is. And it just arms me. Well, and we're started, you know, with this double final theory. Are you serious? We're just getting started? Well, there's there's more to see, you know, there really is. Can I just say, so before you go deeper, let me just say this, the big, like what, like, you can't just be friends because boy, are we encouraging everybody to just be friends? Okay. But just be friends. Right. But you can't just be friends because of the pressure on either of the funnels, right? The, the pressure of the affection that will just, anyway, I love that. And then just the difference in, you know, you could be like so good. And then once you're engaged, you're, because there's that commitment there and that pressure on the other side of the affection well of course it's so hard once you're engaged yeah there's a lot of other aspects to it too so you know my daughter when we moved from massachusetts man i've got like four thoughts i got it i remember these but when my daughter was at uh, byu idaho and as a freshman she was looking around it was like all these fresh and girls are like married already and you know they're married they're married in the temple and that was great and all but she was just kind of like i don't it's this seems a little out of control up here you know and so she had already been taught this and she's like you know they're feeling all this pressure on the affection funnel so they just jump right to marriage and that's a great and all but sometimes it doesn't work out. And, you know, we do believe in longer courtships and short engagements for that reason, you know, brethren are kind of famous for saying that, but, but just cause you're feeling all that pressure on the affection side, doesn't mean you should just get married. 
either. So it, an understanding of that can help. I've taught this to ninth graders. They're like, this makes so much sense. How come I never learned this? Like, well, you're only in ninth grade. You're not even dating yet. But then I've seen them years later and they said, you know, what really helped me through high school and everything. I just never forgot that dang double funnel theory. And I was like, oh, great. I'm glad it helps. So, so what happens is if you want true intimacy, understanding the pressures, there are numerous rules. We might call them commandments, but God gives us commandments because he wants us to be happy. And the ultimate happiness is true intimacy. And so he understands our natures, our spirits, and what we need to do to have that happen. And, and he understands our nature. He understands our, our hormones. He understands everything about us. And, you know, those things aren't, aren't bad, but he'll say, okay, this is going to take some self-control. Self-control, you know, what's the opposite of self-control? You know, it's kind of what the world might, might promote. You might say, you know, immediate gratification. It's, it's going to take some discipline, right? When there's pressure, I think learning to withstand pressure on the double funnel theories is actually a good thing, you know, to say, well, we're engaged, but we're still going to keep control of our affections. You know, I was just talking to an engaged couple and they've had some, you know, maybe some situations where they felt like they went just a, a little too far. And I said, look, you're only engaged for a couple more months and then you're going to be married for a few, you know, hundred thousand years. And you only have like two months to learn this lesson that, that you can, this is a good exercise. This is, this is great character building opportunity. And you can't really learn that so much after you're married. I mean, you can to an extent, but not really. This is the time you can really learn it. And then you're going to get the, this reward of this true intimacy. So it takes self-discipline. Think of what the world teaches, hard work, some selflessness, patience. You can make a whole list and it's kind of fun to have a group of people just, you know, what else are you able to learn at this part? So it's real character developing to understand, well, this is good pressure and it's just for a time. And then the reward then is, is just that, that oneness, uh, that complete a unity of heart and soul and mind. And so I have to explain sex is, is just one piece of true oneness and intimacy. And sex is the only part that basically Satan can deceive with and give a fake version of that. But you're really selling yourself short if you're just, if you just think it's just, it's just about sex, because then you actually are destroying your ability to experience true intimacy. You know, if you do anything that's the opposite of that list that we've created, it's just, you know, self gratification, selfishness, because true intimacy is about selflessness. You know, and, and the, really the most satisfying part of true intimacy is, is satisfying and pleasing the other person and, and, and seeing, you know, just that closeness and being able to just look deep in their eyes and, and just be that unified. But that's so sacred. People don't talk about that. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you can sense it with some couples, maybe you watch. And I've, I think of uh, with couples that are like elderly and, you know, he's helping her into the building and he's taking care of her in those elderly years. And he's just, they've got something that's, that you can see it, but it's, you can know, also know that people that experience that don't talk about that. So Satan wants to, so if the greatest thing we can have is this true intimacy, then where Satan's going to put forth his greatest efforts to destroy, that's what he wants to destroy. And yeah, you know, it's been, he's made efforts to destroy that throughout the ages, but it's a little easier now with the accessibility of pornography. So then you start to say, what would be the complete opposite of true intimacy? It would be, you know, basically zero commitment because true intimacy takes complete commitment too. It takes complete devotion and, you know, loyalty and trust. And this is how you create trust. Trust is, 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 is vital. And, and, uh, you know, that's, there's, you know, trust, trust is always inherently there in a relationship until it's not in my opinion, you know, it's just, it's there. It's great. It's built right in. And and, and if two healthy people come together, it's going to be there until it's destroyed through the actions of of one of the persons. And then it takes, it takes time, right. So to rebuild that, that trust. So, so with that understanding and the nature of just how we've been throughout the ages as human beings, you know, Satan's like, Hey, you can have ultimate true intimacy with zero commitment and, and fakes people into that mindset. I used to work when I was back East, I'd work with these college kids that, that weren't religious. They weren't of our faith or of, of any Christian denomination. And they'd come to me and they're like, I'm just, I just don't understand why, you know, one gal said, you know, all my friends are hooking up. And so. You know, that's just what we do. And I did, and I just feel terrible. I said, well, why do you feel terrible? She says, well, I don't really understand why, but that's how I really, really feel. And she says, I guess I thought it was okay until I saw him the next day in my history class and he didn't even know my name. And I was like trying to help her understand that, you know, she fell for the, the deception of that and, and that she had here given herself to this person in a way that's, you know, the ultimate way to give yourself to a person. And of course you would hope there's some sort of, of, uh, connection, but there was no, it was just sex, right? Mm-hmm. Then you move to our specific topic, of you know, pornography and you, you think about the consequences of this, by the way, when that happens, I, you know, it causes to me, it's, it's emotionally damaging and destroying your ability to connect in the future. And so you have the ability to then zero commitment. You don't have to actually interact with this woman. You don't have to really even know her name mm. unless you want to learn her name and and want to pretend that there's a connection. I, I had a client once that could name, he said he could name like 75 porn stars names off the top of his head. Wow. You know, so I, he's like, 
trying to figure out how to connect or somehow make this real. But so there's total objects, zero commitment, and then faking like there's complete affection, like you're completing you're, you've arrived at the affection funnel mm-hmm. with zero commitment, which is impossible to have the, any type of true affection. It's just fake, right? So that's what pornography is to me. It's zero commitment and a 100% virtual affection. And uh, that there, you know, you've got some damage. Because then it's like a total slope, the opposite way. The other slope is is good. It's it's creating the opportunities to learn and grow and and like we were talking about. But the other way, it's just it's like cheating, and doesn't doesn't work. You know, you just Satan's got you right where he wants. I don't know. Does that kind of make sense to you, Karen? Yes, and it makes me emotional because I'm thinking. Oh, this is so brilliant. Like, Chris, you need to write a book and go to education week. We need to talk about this like everywhere. Like I'm thinking every mom who's listening to this right now is like, oh, this is like the like the dessert smorgasbord with the spiritual aspect in it. Like it's like the best thing you could say. Here's the most delicious desserts that you can never have. You can have as many as you want. It's not going to affect you. Like that's how delicious what you're saying is to a mother. Yeah. Well, that's got some language to talk about it. Hope it makes a little sense. And so if you can teach people young, why they're fighting and that it's going to take some faith, but why they're really fighting is for something that's beyond their comprehension. You know, when the, when in the scripture it said that I, your eye hath not seen, your ear has not heard, it's never even entered into the heart of a man, the, the blessings that God has in store for those that love him. And that's, that's how he said, if you love me, you got to keep my commandments. You know, he knows what, he doesn't give you commandment to punish us. He just gives us commandments to help us reach what we know we really, really want. That, that joy that, that really is there, you know, and it's so tragic because so many get, get fooled when you see wives that will say, well, it's like my husband's there, but he's not there, you know, and, and it's like, they're not, not connecting. And obviously I'm a little biased. So I kind of jumped to conclusion, like, well, I have an idea what might be happening. And that's just, it's just so sad, but I should mention here that I've also seen miracle after miracle after miracle of that being reversed. And it does start with some education as well as then, okay, now, you know, well, this is why you have to start doing these behaviors and it can return. It can come back. There can be that connection again. And it's so rewarding when I go around and I see couples that I've worked with in the past, you know, a few years ago. And they're just like, man, we never dreamed things could be this good. I always tell couples in the interview, in an intake, I said, oh, how long have you been married? I, I was working with a couple and, and then they said, well, we've been married, you know, three years. And we've had these, these challenges with some lost battles and 
or he wasn't really being honest with me. And I thought he was good, but he wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Well, are you, uh, you know, in, in, in these situations, sometimes they'll bring in their little baby or something. And it's just like, oh, these things kind of break your heart. But, but also I already know because these men are generally such good, good men with good hearts and good desires. Mm-hmm. And I'm able to give them some of these tools and teach some of these things. And they're motivated. Like they've never been. I said, well, you know, I hope you're ready. Your marriage is going to be way better than it's ever been. And they're like, oh, we hope. And they usually come back like two weeks later. It's already so much better than it's ever been because they're already connecting. And then, you know, that leads to some other things because the man he knows he's doing this right. He knows he's repenting and, you know, he knows he's winning and he's, and he's applying these tools. So he feels the spirit come back. And it's really amazing how quickly the spirit can come back. Mm -hmm. The Lord's grace and mercy is beyond us. It's like, he he was like, I don't deserve to have the spirit back yet. Like, yeah, but it is don't fight it. I mean, goes, but I know my wife's still kind of struggling. I said, well, when you repent and you feel the spirit, that's, that's easier actually than the forgiveness part because she's got to trust and that's going to take time. So you better just keep doing this and keep giving her some reassurance and she'll sense it. She'll see that as well. And then she'll start to believe those senses. She'll start to believe that what she's feeling and picking up from you is, is real. And then that, that will come back and see now you're on the path to some true connection or what I, you know, I refer to as true intimacy. Words are even hard. I, I mean, that, that's the only words I know how to, to, to use for this, but you know, then they can really, really connect. Then we can start doing other work mm-hmm. as well. And so when you say, then they go to work and they do the work, are you saying that what they're doing is that self-control and the discipline and the, and the hard work and the selflessness and the patience that you. Yes. Earlier, that right in their marriage, then they start saying, okay. Just like you described that couple that was getting ready to get married, you're like, this is going to be really character building. This is going to be great. The next two months is going to be great. So it's kind of like going to that place. Exactly. And so, you know, then I can, you know, we can look at different things like, okay, you know, I can say to him, okay, now you're doing these things right. I want you to make sure you tell her once a day, love her in, you know, in her language, that part of your day, you know, because when you're working on yourself, you're kind of a little bit self-centered too. And so in the midst of that, you're in a relationship. (laughs) I said, I want you to also, here's some of your assignments type of a thing. And I don't usually have to, if there's a lot of work that needs to be done with the other half, often I'll have her, you know, working with, with one of our wonderful ladies. I mean, I can work with them too, but depending on the situation, I like to have them kind of doing their own work with someone that really maybe specializes in sometimes trauma or, you know, other issues. Well, I didn't know how long we were supposed to go, but it's 11.23. Yeah, that was just amazing. And so grateful. I'm just feeling like, yeah, even marriages that maybe don't have betrayal trauma in them, like you can see how they get to a place where we're like, we're just roommates. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. And uh, then 
they've stopped putting the work into it. And, and that's, you know, that's where you need to structure some, some things that you can do to enhance that relationship. So good. Dating and courtship and, and it's, it's pretty hard. I mean, in that, you know, Elder Bednar's pyramid is as, as each of you get closer to God, you're going to get closer to each other, the divine triangle he talks about. And uh, you, you just can't, you just can't not, you know, yeah. and I don't know. My wife seems to love me the most when she sees me actively serving God and actively magnifying my calling. What a lot of men don't know is like, if they really want to get points with their wife, that's a book I wanted to write, how to get points with your wife. Cause men seem totally clueless a lot of the time on, yeah. on that language, you know, like go do your home teaching. That'll be, give you some great points. Like what? That, that has nothing to do with her. Like, trust me. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. yeah. And it, but as it, as that relates to the double funnel theory, that's because you're seeing them doing those, those really positive things like this, Right. they're working hard and they're being selfless and thoughtful and patient, that kind of thing. Oh yeah. How do you not, if you're a number one Christian, you're number one man of God, you know, you're just trying to be your best, best self. You know, you're just saying, I mean, if they just take the lead in the home and just say, Hey, let's read the scriptures or honey, let's, let's have a prayer. And you know, I was like, wait, I'm not initiating this. That's interesting. You know, things along that line. Well, there's lots more, but. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think women are so hungry that often they're like, we don't get bored when you start talking about things that we've never heard before. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, I was mentioning to you before I had 10 young couples at my house last night and I was so impressed with these men, these young men, you know, from age 22 up to about 27 and these men are, they really are like greater than they've ever been in a lot of ways. They want it. They eat this stuff up. They want to be good, good men to their wives. They're very comfortable changing, you know, diapers or doing the domestic support and pitching it. You know, there's no, you know, this younger generation, there's no like real role differentiation in a lot of ways. It's really wonderful to see them being thoughtful and trying to, you know, be good, but it's a learning process. It is. And, and you're right. It's the best end of that, you know, ultimate intimacy isn't something everybody talks about. No. So, so you don't, even growing up, you're not sure, like, unless your parents were a great example of, of, right. of doing it right, you're just thinking, you know, I don't know. I guess it just looks kind of like the movies. <laughs> Good luck, you know. There's just not a lot of movies that are going to portray that or able to portray that. There's, there's a few, I'm sure, but yeah. now they, they, they can't capture that. Yeah. And, wow. and that's where some faith has to come in, you know, yeah. rest that. So. Well, I'm really excited to go and try to draw this and make words on it and see 
if I can, yeah, like just explain it to my two, my two youngest are 22 and 20. You know, they're both single. And I'm just thinking, oh, this is so fun. I should have say, you guys, we, you gotta, you gotta hear what I just learned. We'll have them help you as you're drawing it. You know, like what are the opposites? What, what leads to this commitment? You know, those, those words that we were taking, that you were describing, but yet in society, what's, what's more prominent, you know, gratification and have to know it and see it, not fade. You have to quick fix, not, not. Not long term, not not work, but ease, and you know they'll they'll add that list way more things than you'll think of, and things that they observe. You know they they know what's going on. That's so great, ah, and it's so good because I think people that have experienced this in the in the way it wasn't supposed to be, like this is really healing for them too, just to hear it like this. Yeah. You're like, no. Oh. No wonder that looked like this or didn't look like that. Or yeah, because yeah. when you said it makes people, I can't remember how you put it, that it's damaging, but I can't remember how you said it was damaging. Do you remember what the word you said? It was. I don't know, but it, it does. It, it, it like Elder Holland called it the spiritual schizophrenia. You know, it's, it just drives your spirit crazy. Yeah. It, it just is against everything of the way we were designed. And obviously the whole coming full circle, what we started with, can you think of anything that destroy connection more than, than, than what Satan's trying to get us to do in that, in that uh, double thing? Yeah. Not only would it destroy connection, but because it's so damaging, it would destroy identity. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So that's big. Well. I, I love it when people have that goodness about him, you know, you can say they, that you can sense that in others. There's those, just those people that can look right into your heart and, and they've lived the life in a way that that's what, that why they connect so quick mm-hmm. so powerfully because that's, that's who they are. They're not faking that. You can't fake that. Yeah. So. To, for all everybody out there who's feeling confused and full of guilt and sad that they didn't know this and, you know, thinking, well, gosh, I didn't even know that to teach my kids that. No wonder we're such a hot mess over here. <laughs> so what kind, do you have time to give us just a message of hope that kind of well, ties all this together? Everything that the gospel teaches is promoting naturally the healthy version of the double funnel. I mean, so we just don't know all the reasons why we're wanting to live the gospel, but if they've promoted that and they're, and they've got, I mean, there's so many youth today that are just so incredibly obedient and love the Lord and love serving him and love the the commandments and, you know, find the safety for their soul. And they're just so healthy. They're naturally going to experience this. They just, they just don't even know what's in the, the goodness that's been stored for them. The bad part is just when logic starts, I mean, I don't know, it's not like you're not supposed to think, but, but it does take some trust and, and, but I think the spirit encourages them all along the way. I mean, it's not like spirit doesn't reinforce it Mm -hmm. until, 
they know they're on the right path and they know that it's going to be worth it. Yeah. And those that have, you know, gone off the path, like that's another thing, you know, he gives us these lies so we can, because he loves us and he knows what will make us happy and he knows our natural makeup and why this double funnel theory happens. But those with an experience, mm-hmm. I don't know how much time we have, but so with my own, with one of my own sons, you know, I've obviously tried to teach these things and share these things. And at one time we went to a, and especially for youth up in Tacoma, Washington, my wife uh, and I were directing that session. And then we thought we did a great week. I had taught like 10 firesides. It's exhausting. And I thought I really nailed it. And he had a great time, my son. And also he was outnumbered like five to one by young ladies up there. And so he had a great week and he just thought these are awesome young ladies. They were, he just, they were so incredible. And so I, we know, we thought we had a really great week. We get back to Seattle to, to catch a flight. And as we're walking down the terminal, my son looks way down the terminal, you know, long straight, those things are, he can see an elder, a missionary. And, and he says, Hey, there's a missionary down there. And my wife and I both looking and there's, you know, there's hundreds of people. I, we couldn't see anyone. And then not only could he see him, he says that he looks like he was a good missionary. Like, oh, you've already picked up on that. <laughs> like we can't even see him yet. So we get closer to this young man and he was coming home from Japan and he had to come home a few weeks early because he was going to back to the military academy. He'd, been two years at a military academy, two years in Japan, and now was coming back like six weeks early because of the time frame that doesn't quite work for a two-year mission. But the way he carried himself was like half military, half man of God, but boy, it was a perfect combination. And we got there to where we were going to say hi to him, but he was already engaged in a conversation, teaching another person. Here he is, you know, he hasn't quit. And we could feel the spirit of this young man. We were just sitting in one of those perpendicular seats. He's on this row and we're kind of behind him. We couldn't hear what he was saying, but we could feel it. And my son could feel it. And he was impressed. And he was just saying, man, this guy's awesome. So they, we get on the plane and it turns out my son is sitting away from us, but he's sitting right next to this elder. Wow. And then on the flight, my son notices that this elder's wearing a Sons of Helaman ring. Wow. My already, you know, been taught all of this and, 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 but my son's, he has a dad that's a therapist and a mom that's a nurse. So everything's always confidential. So he always like being very careful. So he doesn't want to say, Hey, I know all about that ring. He just wants to, he just says, Hey, that's a really cool ring. What can you tell me about it? And that missionary, my son's thinking, okay, he's been two years on a mission. He was two years in the academy. How long ago did he go through Sons of Elon, right? Mm-hmm. It's been five years, but he just turned to my son and he just said, when he said, so what can you, Hey, that's a pretty cool ring. What can you tell me about it? And he said, he looked at it and he just said, I had to work really, really hard for that. And so now I wear it as a constant reminder of the kind of husband and father that I hope to be someday. That when we got home from the airport, I could tell my son was, something was in his head. Some, he was thinking about something. And I said, what's up? And, and he said, you know, dad, EFY was great. 
The girls were great. He said, but the most powerful part of that whole trip was when that elder told me that he wears that ring as a constant reminder of the kind of husband and father he hopes to be. He said, I, I think I get it. I think I get it. I know what I'm fighting for. I have a glimpse of what I'm fighting for. And uh, I'm just grateful to this day for that, for that missionary because it was, it was who he was. It wasn't even as much as what he said, but my son could see it. And he's like, that's what I want to be. That is, that is the perfect place to stop just because, wow. Yeah. I ended up going to his reception, that young man, after he graduated from the academy, I, he, I got to, to go there and I told his bride what he influence he had been on my son. And, and his bride said, yeah, people tell me that all the time. Yeah. They're going places. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for being with us today, Warrior Moms. I invite you to make a donation at the top of our website, mothersyouknow.org. Any amount you can afford today will help us keep Mothers Who Know services free for all moms. Thank you so much for your generosity. Moms, remember your divine identity and great worth. Continue in your courageous efforts to support God's great work. Notice the miracles you see every day, the evidence of the Savior's love and mercy. Find the message in your message. Reach out and share the principles you learn in Mothers You Know with other mothers. You are God's secret weapon for good in this world. Finally, a few pieces of information for you. I recommend a few other podcast channels to listen to. Like Dragons Do They Fight podcast, that includes interviews and stories with those that have struggled and overcome something in their life. And the Eternal Warriors podcast, hosted by two YSA age young men who share their story, teach valuable lessons, and interview special guests. You can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook under mothersyouknow.lcs or search for Mothers You Know. And on Instagram, username at mothers underscore who know. Last, if you would like additional support and training, please go to mompowertraining.com to sign up for the next eight-week mom power training class for all moms. You can also go to the Mothers Who Know website at mothersyouknow.org or our parent company, Life Changing Services at lifechangingservices.org to learn more about our excellent services to support you and your loved ones. Thank you so much for listening today. Please feel free to email me anytime with questions or to set up a complimentary 30-minute appointment to visit. Please email me at mothersyouknow at lifechangingservices.org. Looking forward to hearing from you amazing moms. See you next time.